Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I'm joined by accomplished screenwriter and film director known for his work like short films Mirrored, The Telltale Heart, and his latest film, Sloppy Seconds. Please welcome my friend, Ryan Chauvey. Hey, how's it going? Uh, It's going great. I'm really excited today because the monster you picked. Now, I hope everyone listening has silver on them because we're talking about the Wolfman today. I wish I could howl. I've always wished I could howl <laughs> at the moon, but I can't do it. That would have been a great <laughs> moment for me to be like, oh, but I, I could probably edit in a, a howl, but I, I know I won't. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There, yeah, that also works. Where's my dog at? He could do it. No. Oh, <laughs> before we get into the Wolfman, like I said, just in the introduction, you are a filmmaker and you do uh, you've done quite a bit of films. Have you always considered yourself like a horror fan or is it something you kind of grew into? Oh, no. Horror was definitely the, I guess, the impetus, impetus of what I do um, from the beginning. It's it's like it's the only kind of stories I wanted to tell because you can go. You can go so deep. You could tell a really fun, just like something bloody or, you know, just a really good slasher type thing. Or you can go really deep and tell something very introspective and very human stories that you can't tell with with just dramas. Normal dramas won't even go to the levels that uh, you can go in horror, where it's just a very accepted genre. So I my earliest memories are having fun with uh, all kinds of horror movies, just staying up late sneaking out to see what my parents were watching and getting terrified and running back in bed. Like all that, some were my favorite memories or hanging out with friends and watching a bad horror movie or yeah, there's, there's never really been another genre that I wanted to tackle, but yeah, I do tackle all those other genres in my horror. So kind of good round base. Yeah. I love how you say that because horror, at least uh, my interpretation of it is a very diverse genre where you can do so you can tackle any subject with almost any tone and it'll still be like part of the same genre for um off of the top of my head there is just off the top of my head a film where it's like fears of pregnancy the -hmm. obvious answer is depending on the person the obvious answer is either rosemary's baby or uh alien (laughs) <laughs> right for sure though that's yeah those are great uh those are great parables i guess for the idea of the fear of becoming a mother or having a living being inside of you i mean i'll never have that opportunity uh unless a xenomorph shows up i guess but uh <laughs> yeah that i agree you can definitely go all kinds of different ways with that and there's that also was, that, that great scene in the fly oh she gets yeah pregnant in the fly <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because like that is like another very different film from the other two. But yep. there's that 
fear of the same thing. And it's just, uh, you could do so much with horror. It always makes me kind of irritated when people try and say something that is horror isn't because like, and I've seen it like uh, said about Alien. Like some people are like, well, that's not a horror movie. It's in space. And my first thought is like, what the fuck? But uh, <laughs> but another thought that is would like- be, That would be, uh, that's what we like to say in the in the genre. Um, That would be incorrect. <laughs> that is definitely I, a horror movie. Right? But I'm also like, why it's is- a haunted space... house movie. I mean, come on. Why is space the disqualifier? Like- <laughs> Space is scary. That was a really weird tangent when people people got into that last year or whatever, a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was a really weird thing where they're like, it can't be horror if it's done in space. And it's like, ah, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. Space should be the scariest thing because it is the unknown. It's the complete, uh, like, it's a mountaintop of unknown for what we have. Either that or the water depths. And it's like, yeah, no, it's definitely scary. It can be scary in space. Exactly. And and my next thought on that is like, are you then going to try and tell me that sci-fi movies are only in space? Because that is not true. There are so many sci-fi movies on Earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm assuming you are a fan of the classic Universal Monsters. Very much so. Yes. <laughs> um, in fact, when when I was a kid, I mean, when I was when I was a kid, you know, we were still going to Blockbuster and renting movies. And uh, I remember my mom would, uh, every weekend, I could either rent a video game or a movie. And so mm -hmm. it was always one or the other, too. Um, and then I, I would say, like, eight times out of ten, I was getting, like, The Wolfman or Creature from the Black Lagoon or <laughs> Invisible Man or something along those lines, Frankenstein, something like that. Um, so I, I, I was just a nerd for that stuff when I was a kid. And then when I moved out to LA, it's, 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 it's like that moment in, um, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory when all the kids walk into the chocolate factory. It was like that for me when I got out here, because all these old revival theaters were showing these amazing universal monster movies on, on film. So I got to see like creature from the black lagoon in 3d at the arrow theater in Santa Monica. And it was amazing. I got to see the Wolfman at the Egyptian theater on 35. It's like, what is happening? Like double features of Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. It's, yeah, I, I always drag people to those every time they happen. One of these days, I'm going to make it out there and I'm going to see all these films. I would love that. Yeah, if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally around Halloween, too, they'll, they'll start doing it. Or even the Academy has been doing a lot of the, like the actual Academy Museum. They've been doing um, a lot of those revivals too, especially with uh, uh, how much monsters are just coming back into fashion and in style. And, and now they're getting the respect they never really got back then. So yeah, big fan. I got to ask, because uh, I'm assuming you've been to the Academy Museum because it, you basically said you just said it. But uh, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Is it true they have one of the animatronics of uh, Bruce uh, the shark from Jaws? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't. I, I only went to certain exhibits and uh, the last one I went to, which is a while back, I missed the Studio Ghibli one this last year, but um, the last one I went to was a big Guillermo del Toro exhibit. Oh. So they have the, yeah, it was amazing. It was like everything from his, 
his house he brought there and it was just from every film it was uh, it was incredible but um uh, i haven't been to the new academy museum like the, the brand new one where they have all that stuff so oh that's that what i'm thinking know. of i think i think that's yeah, what I'm i haven't thinking been to that of. one yet no they actually the academy has a, a screening room where they shoot they screen everything in like 35 millimeter or or 70 millimeter something like that it's more of like a education i guess but it's fun for me <laughs> that's amazing so uh the topic of today's episode is the wolf man but I'm curious because while I can make the assumption that doesn't, I mean, you know what they say about assuming that makes an ass out of, I forgot how it went, but anyways, that's not important. Anyways. Yeah, ass out of you and me. <laughs> there it is. I had a middle school, uh, yeah, I had a middle school <laughs> PE teacher show me that. We were all, I was like, we were assuming and he like wrote it out on a piece of paper and he's like, it makes a this out of you and me. Like, oh, I can't believe anyway. I can't believe my brain farted that hard, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I got you. I guess uh, what I'm trying to ask is, is the Wolfman your favorite universal monster? Because just because he's a topic doesn't mean he is. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, that's an easy yes. Oh, okay, sure. cool. Yeah, the Wolfman's always every time I caught it online or every online. Every time I caught it on uh, on TV, I always had to sit and watch it. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that first movie um, with the, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. But also going into like, I, I think it's the Wolfman has one of the best sequels ever done too, which is uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. It's like the the only direct sequel of the Wolfman where he actually comes back to life after being killed and and learning this world like 10 years later or something like that it's so good and um uh and then as i've gotten older i've been able to see the tragedy of the story and fall in love with it on deeper like storytelling levels and but yeah easily i i have a poster i have the, the original poster of, i mean not the original it's like a reprint but i have it sitting over here i, I can't show you because it's on the wall that is behind the camera but I have it sitting right here at, uh, at my desk. I look at it every day. That's awesome. Yeah. You can see my my Jaws poster behind me. <laughs> oh yeah, I got I got one right over here. Hell I yeah, one right back here as well. <laughs> I love how how quick you were to answer that. It's like, oh no, yeah, it is my favorite. Don't yeah. have to, don't even have to think of it. I'm like, I love that because for me, I have to think about it, and it changes. Yeah, I think I have like three favorites that I kind of rotate and the Wolfman's one sure. of them. But right. I also love, I also love Frankenstein and I also are uh, Frankenstein's monster. And I also love the invisible man. Depending oh, on yeah, my mood, I can't Rains, pick. Who, yeah. Yeah. Who was also in the Wolfman. The Wolfman's um, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, Frankenstein is good. Frank is, visually Frankenstein is really, really good. It's like just a well-made movie, but it was also before they made, they had film scores going along with yeah uh, the talkies. So there's parts of it that can be a little slow. And that's, you know, from somebody who has watched movies all his life and just at the later end of the hundred years where it's, you know, we're, we're, we got used to a certain kind of movie, but Bride of Frankenstein, that this, I have the soundtrack on vinyl too. It's, um, 
that is just an amazing movie. Just a film as itself is just oh yeah phenomenal, and um uh you know performances and all that stuff, and then the score is phenomenal, and but the uh, those James Wales movies, just the way he filmed them, uh, like I'm still wanting, I'm still trying to to take that technique and that like that silver nitrate look of the film the, re- the really like contrast high contrast um uh, uh film look of it i'm always trying to replicate that somehow because there's there's something just very beautiful about that era of films in general but yeah to bring it back to the wolfman yeah easily it, it's always been my favorite it's always just been striking to me just visually and character wise and, and all that stuff it's very easy to watch over and over again it is um something i appreciate about those classic universal monsters is they just feel like i don't know every time i watch one i kind of feel like a kid again you know what i mean yeah it's really easy to isn't it yeah i i think i think a lot of that comes from at that time they didn't play down to their audience so kids were getting into it and sure i mean if you think about it back in the you know the 20s and 30s and and stuff before the Hayes code came around probably there were probably things that were scary about it i mean to us there's nothing scary about it but there is like this this like uh, like family friendly kind of fun to it that it 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 doesn't take itself too seriously but yet it takes itself seriously enough to tell a cool story and have the kind of makeup and effects and push boundaries and stuff like that so you think about it from that time period it was great for children and um i know a lot of people who were kids during that time period who grew up to become amazing filmmakers i mean that's how you get that's how you get the shape of water for guillermo del toro with you know the creature from the black lagoon and you know so many other things like that i could see how it would definitely transport you back to being your kid um they're so easy to watch i mean a kid can understand them but an adult can still love them oh exactly yeah i have a fascination with the wolfman uh specifically and you mentioned it earlier there is a tragedy to the character and i think the wolfman and i'm interested on your thoughts on this i think the wolfman as a film really hammered in the fact that werewolf stories are tragedies and i think every great werewolf film since well i can't think of a great werewolf comedy well, Teen Wolf, but that's that's the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it when people like to say that um, an American Werewolf in London is is a comedy. It's very funny, but it's also very tragic and dark. But it is very funny. Oh, it's hilarious, but, but I think it's a tragedy for sure. An American Werewolf in oh, London well, is pretty is. much a that's pretty much a remake of the Wolfman. You know, at least I'm plot so glad wise. You said that I. I have always said the same thing, and I, for whatever reason, I, I, nobody has ever agreed with me. Uh, I think we just became friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> I agree. An American Werewolf in London is definitely, uh, uh, plot-wise, a um, an amazing remake of The Wolfman. It's the same story, essentially, and um, just modernized for that time, and and then made, you know, the brutality a reality to see like what would this what would actually happen yeah i definitely agree with that and um i'm saying that as someone that i'm saying that as someone as american werewolf in london is my favorite werewolf movie and it's um cool 
just one of my favorite movies. The Wolfman's obviously really yeah. high up there, but if I had to only pick sure. one werewolf movie, it'd be American Werewolf. That being said, like that's that great film is standing on the shoulders of the Wolfman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Landis and Rick Baker too. Like they both yeah. wanted to really make that because one of their favorite films is The Wolfman. So it's like paying paying homage to you know Rick Baker wanted to do that Jack Pierce uh, style of the Wolfman for American Werewolf. Uh, but John Landis had other plans, so they made the Hellhound thing, which is cool. That transformation scene would go down in history as one of the greatest transformation scenes of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but I do like that Rick Baker was able to actually recreate his version of that Jack Pierce makeup for the Wolfman remake, which, he, which the makeup and everything was phenomenal in that movie. And uh, I just wish they let him do it practically like he did. Um, American Werewolf would have made for a much better film. Yeah, yeah, you could see how it, the through line is directly tied to the, the Wolfman. And what I love, like, the Wolfman really is, like, I tried finding all kinds of liter- literature. There's, there's talk, there, I mean, there's books and stuff about, with werewolves in them, but there's no Wolfman. So it's, like, one of the only pretty much original stories that the Universal Monsters ever came up with. Because really before that, the only kind of literature was just like, you know, the werewolf inside yeah. of the you know, Dracula turns into a werewolf. But uh, so the Wolfman was like an original universal monster kind of creation at a time where they were doing like Frankenstein and Dracula and Invisible Man and Phantom of the Opera, like all this stuff that came from uh, from literature in the past and stuff. So for him to make something that holds up that well was was pretty ingenious at the time. Oh, yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly because I think the only other original monster um, of that canon is the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, which would have been. um, That's like 50s, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, so it's like uh, almost 20 years later. And the creature doesn't have that same lore that the Wolfman has. I love the creature. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think the creature is the coolest design because I. I like dinosaurs and I know he's a fish man, but he always looked like a dinosaur to me. That's besides the point. Sure. Um, I think that was the lore of it too. He was kind of half dinosaur half, or he was half lizard. Actually, I have it. It's funny. I have the creature right here. Oh, hell and, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have, I have the wolf man standing over here. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm a nerd with these things. Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, that's man. great. Uh, that's great uh, for uh, podcasting too, to just, say what i did without to, I, I i pulled up with toys <laughs> little toy that i had to, a little toy creature and a little toy wolfman here are some visuals for the audio medium <laughs> yeah 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 so you could just if you could just imagine what i did while you're driving well i can uh <laughs> well i can second that they were awesome and I'm jealous and I want, I, I got to get my own. <laughs> I got to get my own. I have one of those NECA figures of Frankenstein's monster and that's it. As oh, far cool. as like universal monster merch. I And I have like, I have the movies on like DVD and Blu-ray, but I got to get uh-huh. more toys. That's what I need. I got my friend a Wolfman yeah. for Christmas and I didn't get myself one. And I kind of kicking myself in the butt. I'm like, I should have bought two. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah you always buy two or, or get one, one get that one and one that you also like and maybe you can trade 
be jealous. <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, I have the vinyl thing of uh, uh, I, I think it's Waxwork who put it out. I don't know. I have the vinyl um, Godzilla sitting up there on my on my shelf up there. Which that's a, said, that's another one. You said earlier. I think we became friends. I know we became friends. I love Godzilla. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. I got a poster over here. So it's all over. Hey, you know who had a great Wolfman was, uh, I've just looked over at my poster, is the Monster Squad. Monster oh, Squad had an amazing yeah. Wolfman in it. And in um, like an American Wolf in London, that's a fantastic transition. Like, you know, his transformation, that's amazing. But my favorite since I was a kid has always been from the Wolfman. The way that the way that Wolfman trans transforms, the way we see it, like with a, a, a crossing over while he's in the phone booth, and we just wipe in, and you see him like foaming at the mouth and stuff like that. Oh, I actually love that Wolfman from the Monster Squad as well. I'm glad you brought that and up. the makeup, the way he, he, oh the makeup, the way he looks like um, Stan Winston. Uh, with the widow's yeah. peak and everything, ah, oh, it's just a, such a great design and a great monster. And then my my favorite line, which I gotta I gotta tell, <laughs> on, uh, 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 I don't I don't want to name drop, but my favorite line from that movie is uh, uh, when Andre Gowers or when Sean's dad is getting attacked by the werewolf by the Wolfman, and then he just comes up behind him and says, "Hey, asshole!" And the Wolfman turns around and goes, "You looked," and then he just hit him with a bat. <laughs> just that hey asshole you looked it's just tied that it's even better than wolfman's got nards to me but um but yeah big big fan there too i'm glad you bring up the monster squad because we were talking about how those classic universal films work for like kids because they never talk down to the audience and it's like the yeah the right tone i think that's yeah tone is how you do it and the Monster Squad is a perfect example for that because it is a kids movie to a certain. I don't want to say it's a kids movie, but it's like a family friendly horror film. Yeah, like kids it, can watch it, but it yeah, never talks to down to kids. That. That's true. That's true. I think that was unfortunately one of the things that killed it in the movie theater because it bombed horribly when it first came out. I saw it on HBO when I was like twelve years old, but mm. uh, but that was one of the reasons it it that it kind of did so poor was because i think it was like parents thought it was too scary for kids but kids thought it was too kiddie yeah for them like the teens the tweens and teens that they were going after they thought it was too much of a kids movie because and it came out right after goonies which didn't help it at all but and so it couldn't find its audience but then it they really found its audience it found all of us nerds sitting around in our caves discovering <laughs> that thing on vhs and stuff it found exactly. it hard way <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think it's a film that that captures what you were saying about the classic monsters really well, even though it didn't find its audience at first. I mean, you're totally right. It found its audience in a big way a little later down the line because uh, it never yeah. it never like it's fun. I don't want to say it's lighthearted, but, you know, it don't take itself too seriously, but it takes itself seriously enough so it doesn't like it doesn't make a joke of the horror and i think that's what the universal monsters yeah, did too for sure and I, that film also came out at a time where like i was talking about how when i was a kid i would you know i would either rent the uh you know wolfman or or something like that and um to discover the monster squad around that same age 
to basically see these kids who have this monster club who idolize sick monsters and know how to kill them and if they ever were to attack and then they do attack and and um like that was one of the first times i think i ever saw me on a screen because it's like i am that kid i i'm that weird kid who has that monster club who, who idolizes the wolfman and so knows there's only one way to kill a werewolf and um you know all that stuff that film when i discovered it was at the the perfect time for uh, uh for my because it's like the the class it's the classic universal monsters but it modernizes them in a way to where they're actually scary like bride you know brides of dracula and they're actually like feeding on like lambs and and stuff like that when you first open the movie and there you know there's all this bloodshed and, and dracula actually wants to kill a kid and calls a little girl a bitch it's like ah they're so modern like bell lugosi would never have done that but <laughs> but it made it, it it made it very acceptable for like a kid of our of you know that time period to fall in love with you know to want to go back and and see all the movies that sean and rudy and and all those kids uh watched in that movie or um uh you know to see frankenstein and and see his tragic story and stuff like that and also like we were talking about how the wolfman is very tragic that the actor in, in that movie who later went on to be uncle rico and in uh napoleon dynamite uh to see that actor also be freaking tragic and and like pleading with the cops to be like yo kill me because i don't want to hurt anybody and um which harkens right back to that through line of what the original wolfman was about it was he was a very tragic character he didn't want to be a monster he was one of the only ones who did not want to be a monster and um and unfortunately it just it it took him over and when he realized what he did that's freaking heartbreaking he's like oh, i killed all these people so the monster squad got that right american world in london got that right and uh the wolfman like that's what makes it you know uh that incredible of a character study and i like that that element made it into uh, uh into the comics for like the incredible hulk who is essentially like yeah, he's a lot like Frankenstein, but because he transforms back into Bruce Banner and realizes what he's done and he feels remorse for it, uh, it makes it so tragic. And that's the just the beauty of the Wolfman as a character, becoming an animal with, uh, uh, with, with, without wanting to be. Right. Kind of went on a little rant there, but that's... No, it's that, beautiful. I, I love loved that it. Stuff. Yeah. And it... It definitely shows. So I'm just like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm a I big nerd to... for that stuff. I mean, that's why we're talking, you and me both. <laughs> I do want to talk about the 20, we mentioned it earlier, but the 2010 remake of The Wolfman. Sure. Because that is, yeah. how do I put it nicely? Not a very well received film. It definitely was not well received. Um, and, and it was stricken by a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Like, I mean, the, the director of that film, Joe Johnston, had like he signed on two weeks before they started filming. So he didn't even get to prep the movie. He had to prep right. something that another director had done. So it was pretty much damned from the beginning. And plus, on top of that, you hire Rick Baker, who won the first Academy Award to do practical effects. Yeah. and uh, the first academy award for makeup and effects and stuff and you hire him to do what he's always wanted to do which is that jack pierce style wolfman and you you do all the transformation stuff in cg 
and um, which is just a slap in the face, you know, to the amazing Rick Baker. But I will say, there's a lot of stuff I like about that movie. I like seeing a hard R-rated Wolfman um, terrorizing, you know, te- uh, you know, tearing people apart, and and uh, actually being able to use his claws and his teeth and stuff to dig into the villagers and and uh, people in the mental institution and all that stuff. Like, there's a lot I really love about that film. I love Benicio Del Toro's performance. I mean, it's cheesy at parts, but I love how into it he is. And I love the makeup. I love the design of it too. But um, but yeah, there's a lot about that film that unfortunately didn't really click. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you say that because I actually like the movie. I'll defend it to mm-hmm. a point because you're right. There are, aspects of that movie that are not good like (laughs) sure but but i mean like most movies are just okay you know i don't think every movie is the best thing i've ever seen or the worst thing i've ever seen most movies like hey i liked it you know what i mean it it, it takes a lot for a movie to be a yeah it takes a lot for a movie to be a perfect movie so to like hold it up against like to to uh, to just give it the banner of like, oh, that's a shitty movie. I can't get behind that because as a filmmaker, I know how hard it is to make a film in the first place. I know how hard it is to please an audience um, like that. And, um, you know, to, to take something so beloved and, and turn it into, you know, uh, something modern. But, you know, at the same point, you, you can't win all the battles. So it's like the story, like there's there's some things in there that are a little meh, maybe. But I mean, you get to see a really cool Wolfman on Wolfman fight at the end. Like it's there's things to like about it. You know, it doesn't have to be a perfect movie. There's but I can have a hell of a lot of fun. Exactly. And like and that came out near the end of that 2000s remake like trend where everything was getting a remake. Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Prom Night. Like, I'm not going to do the whole Scream 4, Kirby Reed monologue. (laughs) But, like, of all those remakes, The Wolfman, I'd argue, is one of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Of all the ones you listed, I I actually really like the Friday the 13th one. And what sucks is, like, yeah, I really like that one. Because I I just watched all the Friday the 13th movies back-to-back, just you know, a couple weeks ago when we had Friday the 13th. No, that that remake is a great way to kind of sum up what happens in in one through three in a modern way and still have the the feeling of a Friday the 13th movie. Like, I I really enjoyed that one. But the one that most disappointed me was the the Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street actually is my favorite movie. Freddy Krueger was the character that terrified me as a kid and made me actually fall in love with horror in a huge way. And I, uh, I've broken down that script. I've tried recreating moments of it and all that stuff in a lot of my films. And the way that remake was just too safe. The CGI looked horrible, especially compared when they tried doing the same shots from the original. It was just, I hate to say bad things about movies, but that one, right. that one had a lot of problems. But the Wolfman, I'm telling you, I had fun. Like, I imagine when I was sitting in that theater watching that remake of the Wolfman, I imagine it was the same way where uh, kids would be at the drive-in. Like we see it in movies now, but like, you know, kids will be at the drive-in and they get scared because of the monster on screen and they're just laughing and popcorn's flying and stuff like that's the kind of fun I had with the Wolfman. 
Yeah. And um, I just wish when I left that theater, all my friends weren't like that movie was shit. Like a lot of them were. Uh, spoiler alert: there were a lot of ex friends because <laughs> how dare they? How dare exactly. they not have fun with a film? How dare they talk about the Wolfman like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I gotta say, that was a f- when the Wolfman came out was a fun, t- fun period of time in my life personally, because it came out in 2010. I was in high school at the time, and it was when I started mm-hmm. to see horror movies in theaters. So, in a short amount of time, and for the longest time, I was a scared kid. I was scared of everything growing up. So how I became into a horror fan, um, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't Yo, have been able too. to predict I that. I was right there. <laughs> I was right there with you. I was terrified of everything. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. I feel you. My uh, horror awakening started while I was in high school. And I think the Wolfman remakes a part of that because I saw that in theaters with my friend's dad. And my friend didn't go for some reason. So it's just me and my friend's dad. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we just went and saw the Wolfman because he's like, Austin, I know you like monsters. I want to see this and my kid won't go with me. You want to go see it? I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. Why not? That is like, and that sounds like a great time. It was a great time. My friend missed out. <laughs> and I remembered for whatever. And I remember around that same time was when um the Robert Rodriguez produced Predator movie came out. Uh, with Adrian Brody and Danny yeah, Trejo. And yeah. I'm a huge, huge, oh, yeah. huge, huge Predator fan. So I saw that in theaters. And it's like these really gory cool. uh, films with the monsters uh-huh. I love. In 2011, was I saw Scream 4, which is the first slasher film I saw in theaters. And I already mentioned Scream 4, so you know it had a profound impact on me. But um, <laughs> Sure. But no, I love this conversation because I'm thinking about I'm like, you know, that 2010 Wolfman, like, I like it. It's fine. I forgot it. D- it does have a nostalgic place in my heart. I will always love that movie, you know? Yeah, it's one of those movies. I also found an audience as well later on, because at first everybody was I mean, granted, like I said, it had a lot of behind the scenes trouble. And yeah. I would have loved to have seen what they originally wanted to do with it. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, that didn't happen. But um, but still, I think I think it has the the essence of uh, uh, of the original, the, the Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman. Um, it has the uh, uh, the tragedy of it. It has um, and it has even more you know stuff with it, it has a good, you know, uh, hero's journey kind of story to it as well. But um, I don't know to see the Wolfman like galloping on on rooftops and stuff and just diving in and, and flipping over an old victorian bus and <laughs> just killing a bunch of people it, it it's fun i just i had a fun time with it yeah i agree and i love like the moody gothic aesthetic that film has yeah that's another thing I, you're right that's another thing i love because i'm um i'm a huge tim burton nerd in fact the first horror movie i actually saw in the theater was sleepy hollow i snuck in to see it because i wasn't 17 yet and and then i'm a huge fan of that aesthetic and the wolfman has that aesthetic you're right it does it has that like almost bleach bypass old horror movie old victorian era horror movie feel like you know, a Sleepy Hollow or a um, uh, Sweeney Todd or uh, can't even think like old Hammer horror movies and stuff. It, it has that uh, that um, kind of pale 
aesthetic where it looks like everything's lit by the moon yeah and very high contrast and stuff yeah a uh, good point very good point yeah i love that that's another one i like to add to my rotation when i like to watch oh, yeah. films like that i know we talked a bit how that film had a very troubled behind the scenes so i want to give some credit to joe johnston for uh somehow making a fun film out of that turmoil it could have been yeah, he's way a good worse. director for that kind of stuff sure sure yeah no that's why i got excited when i when i heard that he was going to direct the cap the first captain america movie because i'm like you're yeah. gonna hire the, the guy who did rocketeer to do captain america perfect let's let's go that's fun you know um and he did that with with the uh the, you know the wolfman like he did what he could but that's the weird thing like when you have to direct somebody else's uh notes and approve uh uh vfx and settings and all this stuff and story and stuff and you know we 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 saw the extreme uh how that's affected by a different director with uh with the when justice league was released mm -hmm. so to see what joe johnson was able to do with essentially his hands tied it was great it was, i mean he did as good a job as he could have done at that time plus the studio was writing it off and it's like you know, it was a hired gig for him. I'm sure he loved it. He's a fan of that old <laughs> stuff, I, I can imagine. But um, yeah, I think that movie just gets too much hate. Everybody's having fun with it. It's a it's a fun flick. I think it's due for a reevaluation. Like, I don't think it's going to go down as one of the greats and nor should it. I just think people might. I yeah. hope people revisit it after like 13 years and be like, you know what? It's fun. It's fine. Normally that ends up happening. I have noticed or either on Facebook groups or something, I have noticed a bunch of uh, people that are younger than me, you know, 10 or 20 years younger than me, uh, have been saying like, oh, that film's really fun. Because that came out at the time for like what you said, that came out at a time where you're getting into uh, uh, th those kinds of films and, and seeing it for what it is. And you haven't really been, you haven't been heartbroken by films enough, I guess, to, to see all the, <laughs> the hate for it. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people show a lot of love for that movie, which is great because that's what I did right away. And like I said, I had a lot of film friends that were like, that was garbage. I'm like, you're garbage. <laughs> um, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I got to say about Joe Johnston real quick. Like, I'd love to see what he'd do with an original monster because you can tell that guy's a monster was a monster kid growing up between the Wolfman and Jurassic yeah. Park 3. He had some fun monster oh, images yeah. in his resume. So I'd be interested to see yeah. uh, what his imagination could cook up with a blank check. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And he didn't have a lot of blank check movies either, but he, he was, he was always one of the hired guns, one of the, the kind of yeah. safe pools, but, um, but nah, he, he's a good, yeah. He made a lot of good films that we enjoy. So I definitely don't hold the, uh, that Wolfman remake against, uh, against him but uh, uh it's just a big studio thing unfortunately i mean yeah. we, we saw universal did the same thing with when they tried to do the mummy in the dark universe and stuff and it was like they couldn't really decide what they wanted to go with i think the wolfman would have been a perfect way to do their like universal monsters rebooting like the wolfman was the way in for that i think right and they just abandoned it unfortunately and i'm like you i don't want to say bad things but about movies because they're so hard to make, but that mummy remake. Sure. 
It's not I, a lot to I, say good about it, unfortunately. I'd take the Nightmare on Elm Street remake over that one. There, at least there was some cool visuals and stuff in the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I just got very confused in the Mummy movie. I, I, I was like, I kept watching it being like, all right, I'm waiting for this to get good. Yeah, I, it, <laughs> I have real strong convictions against, you know, saying a movie just sucks. I can't do that. Right. But, it wasn't that it wasn't that great. It it wasn't the right, you know, Tom Cruise shouldn't have been leading that. They should have dealt, you know, it was especially when we just got the, you know, 10 or 15 years earlier, the the ones with Brendan Fraser in it that were so well beloved and so yeah. well made and stuff like that. It was like it was just an odd choice. It it was it was an odd like kind of cash grab choice. But the thing that came out of that was wasn't was it Johnny Depp that was supposed to be the invisible man? I think yeah. like he was like some, I think, I think it was that. And then um, why can't I think of her name? Angelina Jolie was supposed to be the bride of Frankenstein. Like stuff like that was supposed to happen. That was going to be really cool. Or that could have been cool. Like I could see Johnny Depp being the invisible man, but that invisible man remake. That was fantastic. I was about to that say that. One? I think that's the best Universal Monster remake. It might be one of the best horror remakes of the past 20 years. It very well might be the best. I mean, Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, the Francis Ford Coppola one, like that holds a really special place in my heart. That but, one's really good. Um, the, it's I a good thing I said 20 that. years. That's one, <laughs> that's one of the ones that I got to see at the Academy, actually, on 35mm. That was really oh, fucking cool. That was one that of the first awesome. things I did when I... When I moved to town, I got to see that film uh, on film. Uh, it was so good. And that one, I could go off and on. I, I could go on a tangent on that film, but I won't. Hey, did you hear, though, <laughs> yes. that um, that what's-his-face, uh, uh, Lee Winnell is writing and directing the new Wolfman remake? Okay, I might have. Is it the same project that has Ryan Gosling, or is that something else I'm thinking I'm, of? I feel, yeah. No, that's the same one, yeah. Last time I heard Ryan Gosling is supposed to be in. I'm really excited with that possibility because I think Ryan Gosling's really fucking good. Like, I think he's oh, a so fantastic good. actor. He's, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, with his subtleties and everything. Like he's he's a great actor. And yeah. um to and Lee Winnell has proven to be a fantastic writer director. I mean, Upgrade blew my mind. I love Upgrade. Uh, Upgrade was so good. And then to see what he did with the Invisible Man, um, to modernize it in that way, and to know he wrote it and directed it and, and like figured it out, so it wasn't, you know, it turned today's technology on its head as opposed to, you know, the snake oils and stuff like that they used to do back right. in the old turn of the century, back in the early 1900s. So, um, or you know, the Lovecraft story, or no, that was Lovecraft. I'm sorry, that was H.G. Wells, right? Yeah. Wells, right? Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're uh, right. I wasn't going to correct yeah, you, but I then you corrected correct. yourself. I'm like, okay, cool. Because I'm like, oh, that's Wells. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm a poser horror guy. Um, We're allowed to make mistakes, guys. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> There's too many of them up in my head. Come on. Um, and when you get uh, excited, they but... all kind of blend much together in our brains when we get excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all a bunch of, you know, old dead white dudes. They all blend in my head. <laughs> um, after a while. But no, I'm really looking forward to that, uh, to that Wolfman remake because I, I had like all my faith in um, Lee Winnell. Uh, I almost met him once actually at, oh. at a horror film festival, and uh, I sat next to him. But he was like hanging out with some buddies and stuff, having drinks and stuff. And I was like, "Fuck, I should have 
tried to weasel my way in there. Um, that was before upgrade. That would have been that would have been right after Cooties. Actually, I think is when I met him or almost met him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that remake. Oh, I'm, did we I'm even always... talk about the old the old original Wolfman? We did. We did a little bit. We started oh, okay, off with cool. it, but uh, we kind of okay. we we kind of went chronologically because we went. Yeah, I guess the, you're right. The OG Wolfman th- through to American Werewolf through to uh, Monster Squad, and yeah, we went chronologically. Yeah, remake. <laughs> Dang, I tell you what, that's good storytelling right there. That's <laughs> we seem to know story. Who would have thought? <laughs> But I think that's something great about the Wolfman. Um, that original film is it just its place is so strong that it continues mm-hmm. to leave its mark through the films that were inspired by it. Because um, I mentioned American Werewolf in London, but I'm pretty sure the Wolfman is literally in the Howling, <laughs> like a like it's playing on a TV. In Joe Dante's oh, The Howling, sure. another great werewolf film, Ginger Snaps, I think, follows in the yeah. footsteps of the werewolf tragedy and changes it changes it up and makes it a metaphor for puberty. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's the, the thing I love about the Wolfman as a distinction uh, against other just standard kind of werewolf movies is the tragedy of it. Like not a lot of them, like a lot of them make it to where like, oh, there's a werewolf and he enjoys being a werewolf. And when he turns into an animal, he's going to kill you. And he knows he's going to trap you while the moon's turning, you know, uh, uh, you know the moon's going to be full and stuff like that. And he, he, he loves it. He loves the bloodthirst of it and on yeah. both sides, whether it's the, uh, the human or whatever. But what's beautiful about the actual wolfman, uh, you know, Larry Talbot and stuff. Uh, is that um, he's both the hero and the villain in one body, and he and he can't help it. He cannot help it, even if he tries to kill himself. It just doesn't work, which is something that they don't do really in in the other films. Which I appreciate. I have a werewolf movie I'm always working on, trying to write and stuff. But it's not like the werewolf. It's not like the Wolfman. It's it's more like what I said. I don't like <laughs> the bad guys, <laughs> but. Um, but there's something that's beautiful and um, almost Shakespearean in a way of just, you know, when we become a monster and we can't control ourselves and then we calm down and we just have to sit with the damage that we've created. Uh, it's a very like deep um, sadness. <laughs> it's like, yeah. not only did somebody do this to me, but it was me who did it. Ah, oh, fuck. Um, yeah, that's what I love about that Wolfman movie that only the ones that we've really talked about, they've only really, uh, those are the only ones that have really tapped into that story. And that's why those Other are the great werewolf ones, movies. in my opinion. That's, I agree. I, I think that's why they, they, they really are the, the, uh, uh, the top of the heap there because, um, those other ones, I mean, they're fun, but like you talk about the howling, I like the howling. I, I really like yeah. the howling a lot. But it doesn't have that that tragedy, that tragic story in it. It's just these are your monsters. I disagree and, with that because um, uh, okay. Dee Wallace. No, I, well, I know Dee Wallace. No, she's she's the exception of it. I just mean the whole thing wasn't about her story of her transforming. Like that's she fair. did it at the very end. No, you're right. You know? That's fair. So the, the rest of the 
the rest of the movie was they're the monsters trying to go after d wallace and then she ends up getting turned into one but she doesn't like it and she didn't choose it but so there is that element of it but i just think that's not the whole story you're right Um, no i agree now you're right you know actually uh now that i think about it what was that tv show that had the wolfman in it uh penny dreadful penny i never saw you ever watch penny dreadful no penny dreadful the first couple seasons were really actually the first three seasons were really good they tried doing a remake of it uh or a, a new season that wasn't very good but that's one where it's it's kind of like the idea of um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where you get all these like literary creatures together. Well, that one it has like um, uh, uh, like Doctor Frankenstein, and he creates Frankenstein and creates Bride of Frankenstein, and it has um, uh, Dracula is like the main bad guy in it, and and it's all done in that that Victorian era, and uh, Josh Hartnett plays this. A uh, guy from the U.S. who is a gunslinger for like shows and stuff. He's an actor, and at the end of the first season, you realize that like he turns into a werewolf, and he says his real name is Larry Talbot. And um, so it's like you realize, holy shit, he's he's the Wolfman. Like he's not oh, just this cool. weird guy. He's actually the Wolfman, and um, it's such a cool. Uh, so, and so going into season two, like there's some cool things that happen with it, but that was a really good depiction. And I know I'm I, I'm always kind of in the minority, but um, Van Helsing was another one that I really liked. I was about to say when you started um, when you started describing Penny Dreadful, my thought, it, like my inner monologue was like, so it's like Van Helsing. <laughs> it, it's it's not as not as campy and fun. It's more like dramatic. But um, for sure. Uh, but yes, like like Van Helsing, I really had a good time with. And though, like, I love that that werewolf style too in those movies. But again, that's another one where it's like the tragic Wolfman, you yeah. know, idea. My only issue with that uh, Van Helsing movie, because um, I really enjoy it. I love yeah. Hugh Jackman in that role. I, um, I'm not the biggest fan of like the Hulk werewolf in it, but it's cool. I I don't hate it. Yeah, um, sure, sure, but. It's pretty my, big wolf. Yeah. Yeah. My thing with it is, is it like my thing with it is, is this movie actually good or am I or did it just come out when I was 10 and I'm very nostalgic for it? <laughs> I can never be I can never be objective with Van Helsing because because it came out when I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of those movies that is definitely one of those movies it's 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 a this is either this either is bad or um uh or it came out when i was young and i didn't know any better it's yeah, the coolest it's, shit it's, ever when you're 10 <laughs> yeah agreed agreed i don't know i still have a lot of fun with that movie it's cheesy as fuck but no i like cheesy shit so well, I revisited it not too long ago. I think I it was maybe like a year or two. So I've seen it kind of recently. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking. Like, I can't tell if this movie's good or bad because I just have so much nostalgia for it. I can't yeah. I can't think straight. <laughs> sure. But I, I love it. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie for sure. I like how Kate Beckinsale's basically doing like the opposite of her underworld role but kind of the same thing. 
Yeah, yeah, she's basically the uh, uh, the Yang to uh, uh, Selena Yang. Yeah, uh, or the <laughs> Celine Yang. Yeah, I uh, uh, yeah, I do like that. It's just a fun. Movie. And it was also like right after um, that same director who did the because uh, that was Stephen Summers, wasn't it? Yeah, because he did the Mummy movie, and um, so he was trying to do that same kind of style with Van Helsing. Had a good time with it. Now that's the cinematic universe they should have gone with. Uh, I hope you're listening, Universal. <laughs> yes, please uh, use this as your. I'm really interested to see what they do with the Wolfman. Um, they had the best cinematic universe. Like they had the first one back at that time when all the characters started going, you know, showing up in other people's movies. Like I said yeah. uh, earlier, um, Wolfman meets Frankenstein is one of my favorite like sequels of all time and it's a great way they they brought the two of them together um i wish modern ways you know we can i wish we could figure out a way to do that in this modern age like freddy versus jason which i loved um, oh i love freddy versus yeah, jason and were... alien versus predator and I'm, like you know uh, i love those type of movies here's what i would do because i don't i don't give a fuck so i want to see the craziest fucking things right <laughs> So what I would do is sure. I'll I'll let Lee Winnell do his thing for right now because I love what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to let him I'm going to let that run its course. Then after once that era of the Universal Monsters is over, if I'm universal, here's what I'm thinking. I own like own in parentheses because no one owns Dracula or Frankenstein. But yeah, anyways, it's like I can in my monster stable here at universal i have frankenstein the wolf man the invisible man dracula the creature uh the bride mm -hmm. the mummy the phantom of the opera and now i have some more modern monsters that i'm going to bring into this fold how i don't know i'm kind of an agent of chaos right now but i'm going to bring in jaws i'm going to and mm -hmm. i'm going to place it all in jurassic park like there are Universal added more <laughs> monsters. Uh, fucking Jean yeah. Jacket from Nope. Why not? That's a Universal yeah. monster now. <laughs> Why not? Sure. I want a true monster verse. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Make a deal with Disney. How... Bring a Alien and Predator hey. into the mix. <laughs> In fact, whenever I think about it, some of my favorite moments of like, uh, like Ready Player One. Yeah, some of my favorite moments are when, like, you know, you see Freddy Krueger running by, or you see Chucky running by, or, or like, you know, the bad guy morphs into a huge Mecha Godzilla. Like those yeah. are those those moments like drive me crazy. Um, I agree. <laughs> I, I I I'll I'll say this though. I still think the best the best movie to to have them all in one, like the best Monster Universe movie, is Monster Squad. Oh yeah, like you're nothing right. has been able to top the Monster Squad when it comes to that oh you're absolutely right and i don't want to top the monster squad because i know i can't i'm just gonna go in the opposite yeah. direction from what that did and be as absurd yeah because yeah. why not we're having fun with it <laughs> no why not why not yeah then the only thing you got to think about is like okay so who's our hero because you don't really want to make the monsters your hero unless it is like frankenstein's monster or you know the wolfman mm -hmm. or stuff like that you know who are trying to fight against the pack 
Well, but, Dracula's um, a bad guy. Dracula has to be the bad guy. He's he, he always, I love he's him. He's eternally the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. He um um oh I I don't know how we'll make this work, but Universal owns it, so we're making it work. Um the thing. <laughs> oh god. I have I have that poster right over there too. Yeah. Right next to my Nightmare on Elm Street poster. Um, I'm just thinking of uh, Universal's monsters and how I could get literally all of them into one movie. Yeah. How how cool would it be if if the uh, uh, the alien and the thing um, actually uh, started replicating those monsters? Mm, see, see, we got something cooking here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then in the end, it's got like you know it's like you know uh got like a uh frankenstein's flathead and yeah. <laughs> you know all these different monsters like in it like you know morphing into itself and taking over and stuff yeah that's fucking cool i mean with the monsters you can do so much and universal has a stable of monsters at this point <laughs> yeah yeah and and they're the most well beloved like it's almost like you want to see uh you want to see what they come up with, but you and you want them to take it serious, but you also don't want them to fuck it up like they kind of have been doing. And, um, you know, it's like they, the beauty of those old monsters is they don't have to be like Frankenstein doesn't have to be Freddy Krueger, you know, right? like they 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 could be totally different things um you know even or even comparing it to like more apples to apples like frankenstein doesn't have to be jason Voorhees, you know because they're very similar characters but they just need to, to understand like that's why i'm really interested to see what lee winnell does because he's the kind of guy who understands like what makes these characters cool what makes them tick that's what i loved about the shape of water guillermo del toro yeah. understands what made the creature like so uh, uh cool and, and interesting and and um, was able to make a story out of that without telling the actual creature from the Black Lagoon story. Yes, uh, that, that's what they, they just need to trust their filmmakers and the people who love to make that stuff um, instead of, you know, seeing their numbers and their, I don't know, their, their uh, uh, critics and pulls and all that stuff. And right. Making a movie by committee, like just let the filmmakers make their movies. It was end up being yeah. better. Exactly. And sometimes you have to play the long game. Like they just want yeah. the immediate, they want the opening weekend, but like sometimes you got to let a film marinate and then you have that film forever, like make money over time. But uh, yeah. the it's a business, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it's a business, which, you know, Universal actually released Megan, right? I know it's a Blumhouse house film but that was i think universal, i think it? you're right i think so because i know blumhouse has a deal with universal yeah yeah because i mean they definitely did the halloween movies and stuff together but yeah either way like it was a smart decision to make that pg-13 that made a lot of money and it was still really fucking fun right um and it felt like an old kind of monster movie in a way uh even being you know modern and quirky and stuff well megan's kind of a modern frankenstein in a sense yeah in a sense yeah i guess i guess she kind of is you know she's a, a science experiment gone wrong i guess and she develops her own consciousness kind of like frankenstein uh does i think you could say the same thing about ex machina which came out sure. a few years ago 
this is which those are those are very similar yeah those are very similar stories to frankenstein you know it's it's i want to be god and um create something and then that something ends up having its own conscious to want to do its thing so what i'm about to say is a bit of a stretch but prove me wrong jurassic park is just an extension of frankenstein oh yeah i don't see why not yeah It, it very much is yeah i mean that's what's cool about films and stories and stuff you can find though uh that basic structure and just fill it in with something unique and cool and um just do it in a fun way and you're right it is a very similar story you know it's science experiment gone wrong it's man playing god right that whole monologue that jeff goldblum says about chaos you know it's uh uh that's exactly frankenstein and um you know like they just did with megan it's a very similar story I love it. And I love how our discussion of the Wolfman uh, led to really a discussion of legacy, right? Like, I feel I like you kind of have fasc- to. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. The thing with this show is I got to bring it back to the title. Let's if you were to meet the Wolfman real life, uh-huh. you're, you're strolling down the forest, uh, the woods or whatever, and yeah, you you're uh you're walking even though you're pure at heart and you're walking under the autumn moon while it's bright. <laughs> meet meet up with the wolf man. Would you die? Probably. I mean, I would love to say I was as cool as Sean from Monster Squad and like actually stand up to the wolf man, um, or even Rudy. But I don't think I would have anything silver on me if I'm just strolling in the middle of the night. That's the um, thing. Who so, just carries silver? I mean, nobody carries silver anymore. I mean, it's not even in mirrors anymore. So, like, vampires can actually see reflections now. It's so weird. Uh, yeah, I, I, if if that was the setting, and I heard that howl, there's no way I'm escaping that. Right. Like, I might as well make peace with it. I, I'm the same way. I'm even if I that, had, I'm, go I was going to say, I'm basically that guy. I'm basically that guy from a. Uh, uh, who dies in the um the subway tunnels in American World in London. Like, <laughs> like I'm done. I I I kinda I kinda love that. I think I would be um I'd be even though I'm single as a Pringle, I'd be the couple in the first couple that dies in American Werewolf in London, because I'd be like that guy who's like, oh, I'm gonna play a joke, and then I get killed instantly oh, okay. <laughs> going around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah i would be if i had like a if i had a girlfriend with me at that time or something or you know i was walking with somebody i would i'd be like i'll protect you no i won't <laughs> i'm sorry i don't have silver i don't carry silver around me however even there is if a cool i walking stick i want to get that has that that wolfman mm. head on it same like a replica of if i had oh, that walking yeah. stick from the wolfman that would be a different story but then how long does that extend? That's the thing. Does it bite me? Do I become the next Wolfman and then end up getting killed by a mob of people? Then I'm dead anyways. It's kind of a lose-lose situation for me. Yeah. Yeah. My thing is, even if I had, like, a silver s- staff on me, like, I'm not very strong or coordinated. So <laughs> I would still die. I-, I would do everything right and still die because I'd, like, I don't know, trip and sure. fall break my own skull open with the silver staff the werewolf doesn't even touch me <laughs> yeah yeah there you go 
that's a tough one. I mean, a lot yeah. of people could stand up to the Wolfman, but given that scenario, I mean, we're, we're in a time and age where that, I mean, we should be seeing a lot of Wolfman out here because nobody carries silver on us. Nobody right. knows that lore anymore. It should be running the world. They, they pretty much are, essentially. <laughs> But yeah, I agree because like the Wolfman, like there's a better chance against a Wolfman than say, like Jason Voorhees or uh, mm-hmm. Alien or the Terminator. I feel like there's a fighting chance with the Wolfman, but like he's also not the easiest either. Like I'd rather face off against Norman Bates or Ghostface than I would the Wolfman. Yeah, because if the Wolfman gets a hold of you, it, even if you escape for whatever reason it's not going to be pretty right um at, out of the universal monsters he's just I, a beast he, hey. <laughs> i love it <laughs> out of the universal monsters though i think he might be near the top of the most lethal not in terms of oh, like yeah, kill counts easily. but like if i were to 1v1 i think the most lethal is actually dracula yeah because I, that, he's, that would make sense He's malevolent and he's the meanest. Sure. I think the least lethal might be the creature. Because I don't think he's actually trying say, to hurt anyone. He's just self-defending himself. Uh, the creature is more animalistic than human. True. I, I actually, I, w- I would I would say Frankenstein's least less lethal than a creature. I think it depends on where he, Fra- the Frankenstein is at in his journey because he gets a little jaded sure. at one point but well, he really like, I mean, he only he only yeah. ends up killing like he kills that little girl but it's more out of not out of morbid curiosity but out of like you know he sees the little girl throwing things into the water so he's like oh i want to throw things into the water so it's like very childlike and stuff and he's also the most probably the most misunderstood of all the monsters he's not really yeah. malevolent at all but the creature, I mean, the creature was sneaking up onto the boat and actually killing people. You That's know, true. Like, That's true. Diving back into the water and, and, and stealing, you know, the girl and, you know, twisting people's heads and stuff. And yeah, I, I, think, I think the, the shape of water, I think the shape of water poisoned my mind a little bit because I'm like, because now I just think the creature like, well, the creature just fell in love and he's defending himself. But I'm thinking about, I'm like, I'm just thinking of the shape of water. I need to rewatch yeah, the yeah, creature yeah. from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rewatch the creature and then rewatch Monster Squad. And he's like, no, nah, he's he's pretty violent. But I would still put Wolfman above creature, though. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, easily. He's, yeah, he's more like. Because uh, I think the uh, Wolfman is more than far um, more aggressive. Man or... Yeah. Exactly, because he's 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 just pure animal instinct, and right. um, you know he's just a hungry animal. And you think about it, like the earliest depictions of horror are the, uh, you know, the saber tooth tigers and stuff, or or the the you know the bears or whatever that would actually hunt humans down and stuff. Like right. that's the wolf man. Like he's a bipedal creature that you know you you cannot overpower. So, yeah, he's definitely at the top. I, I agree. Dracula is probably only more brutal because he actually wants to be. He's not animal instinct. Right. He's actually methodical. Right. And I he, can't agree and, with that. Yeah. And he, like, just wants to kill. Whereas the wolf man, like, yeah, you said it. You said it perfectly. So 
Um, I would place the Wolfman number two and Invisible Man, I think, number three. Invisible Man? Uh, Invisible Man is very similar to Dracula in a sense, but he's also just, he's gone mad. Um, right. mad and he's not as and such. And he's not as strong as the other ones, but he's smart. So that's why I think the invisible. Oh yeah, he just pretty he knows lethal. to just take off his clothes and sit in a he sits in a room naked, nobody right. can see him. He can sneak up on anybody and choke him out. Yeah, but if I just walk into every room swinging my arms, like that's how I get him. You can't get near me. I'm swinging yeah, my arms. That's it. <laughs> they don't know what happened. Exactly. <laughs> I can't do that with the yeah. wolf man. He'll like claw my arm off. Nope. <laughs> You'll, you'll see the wolfman's eyes reflecting off the moon in like the brush or something like that far away. And by then it's already too late because he's already locked in on his target. He's about to pounce. And it's like, yeah. you're not doing anything. You're, you're a dead deer at that point. You're just, you're done. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this has been such a fun conversation. If I don't control myself, it will keep going. But... <laughs> But I got to be a good podcaster and let you, you know, let you go. Uh, before you go, where can everyone find you in your films? Uh, so you can you can find pretty much everything. I mean, my hub, I guess, is my website, which is ryanchovy.com. And you can see uh, the majority of my films. You, you can see everything that you, you're legally allowed to see right now. There's a couple on there that, that uh, I'm not allowed to have live, but if you reach out to me i could probably send you a copy but um you can see everything there and then i'm really active on both twitter and uh instagram so twitter it's uh at creepy cool pics and instagram is at rd awesome man thank you so much for joining me today yeah man fun chat appreciate it thank you for listening to today's episode thanks again to ryan for joining me to talk about the wolf man Anyone who listens to this show on a regular basis, y'all know I love werewolves. So much fun. This was a blast. If you're listening to this and you're planning on going to the Horror Hound Convention in Cincinnati, March 24th through the 26th in the year 2023, because this could be 2027 or 3008 when you're listening to this. Anyways, if you're planning on going to the Horror Hound Convention in Cincinnati March 24th through the 26th, 2023, I will be there as well. So if you see me, feel free to say hi. And you can say hi to my mom. She'll be there too. She's my convention buddy. Are you a fan of this podcast? I hope so, because I just launched a Patreon. Link will be shared in the show notes, but you can find it as patreon.com slash Podcast. There are monthly bonus episodes, movie commentaries, and so many more perks. Plus, you'll be supporting your favorite monster kid, yours truly. I hope you consider joining, and to you lovely souls who already joined, I think I love you, so what am I so afraid of? I'm never singing again on this show, oh no. On this segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week, in which I tell you about the films I watched last week, I watched Scream 2022, Scream 6, 65, and Scream 6. I also watched the season finale of The Last of Us, and as a huge fan of the game, 
I need to give this adaptation the highest of fives. I love this show so much. Pedro Pascal, give him all the awards. I mean it. Give him every single award. This show is emotional, and it really meditates on the idea of what does it mean to love, like to truly love. This show blew me away. Overall, I do have like the most minor, most insignificant gripes, but I would have loved to see more clickers, especially in the second half of the show. I felt the infected like kind of wasn't there anymore, and I get it. But at the same time, I feel like, yeah, I- I'd like to have just a little bit more of that. And I felt like we needed at least one more episode. But really, that's more of a compliment because you know a show is good when I'm begging it to be longer. Last of Us loved it. I rewatched Scream 2022 as it was one of my favorite films of 2022. And I still love it. David Arquette delivers one of my favorite performances as Dewey. Jenna Ortega shines in the breakout film of her breakout year. And Roger L. Jackson delivers some of the snarkiest and scariest of Ghostface lines yet. Now, of course, that leads into the new film, the one everyone's been looking forward to hearing me, me, Austin Torres, me talk about. That's right. I watched 65 over the weekend, the sci-fi adventure featuring Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs. Now, I like to be nice to movies on my podcast because, quite frankly, I have no interest in being a film critic. That's a whole ass set of skills I just don't care to develop. Nothing but respect to the real film critics, but I'm not a film critic. I'm just an asshole with an opinion. That being said, I am disappointed to say that this film didn't work for me at all. Adam Driver does his best, but this film commits a mortal, the most mortal of sins. Making a dinosaur movie boring. I don't know how, but I was officially bored watching a movie with dinosaurs in it. I honestly still can't believe it. But we're going to move ahead because I know what you all really want to know. What did I think about Scream 6, Ghostface Takes Manhattan? Well, most of my thoughts will be saved for the April Patreon bonus episode, where I'm bringing two former podcast guests to talk about Scream 6 with me. There'll be spoilers galore, because we are just going to... It's going to be a fun time. Another reason to join the podcast, hinty hinty. That being said, and of course, I will not be sharing any Scream 6 spoilers, but I loved Scream 6. I already saw it twice. I love the new setting, I love the expansion on the new generation of characters like Sam, Tara, Chad, Mindy, and of course, Ghostface reaches a new level of brutality that I just love. I love Scream, and this is another banger in a series of bangers. Let's fucking go. Can't wait to see it a third time. If you're interested in this part of the podcast, follow me at Letterboxd, at TaurusAU so you can see all the movies I log and see my little reviews. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. Also, now you can follow me on TikTok at Would You Die Podcast, where it's become mostly shit posts of gizmo dancing to random music I find. 
You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week's episode, we're not talking Ghostface, we're talking the other iconic slasher whose name ends in face. Oh, y'all already know. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.